Hi, this is Gaurav from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, August 2nd, and the top stories of the day are NDTV journalist Ravish Kumar is among five people to have been awarded the 2019 Raman Magasay Award, the Asian equivalent of the Nobel, for quote-unquote, harnessing journalism to give voice to the voiceless. The awards will be presented in Manila, the capital of the Philippines, on September 9th, 2019. The foundation that gave the award said that Kumar is being recognized for, quote-unquote, his unfaltering commitment to a professional, ethical journalism of the highest standards, his moral courage in standing up for truth, integrity and independence, and his principled belief that it is in giving full and respectful voice to the voiceless, in speaking truth, bravely yet soberly, to power, that journalism fulfills its noblest aims to advance democracy. The foundation specifically referred to an episode of Primetime by Kumar back in 2016, in which he spoke about the state of the media and public discourse on a dark screen. It said, and I quote, For Ravish, it is always about the message, dispassionately delivered. Close quote. The award citation described Kumar as a journalist who does not dominate guests on his show, but instead gives them a chance to truly express themselves and their varied viewpoints. The foundation also noted that Kumar had been harassed and threatened by rabid partisans because he doesn't hesitate in holding the highest officials in the government machinery accountable for their actions and words, as well as for criticizing the media and the state of public discourse in India. The foundation said that Kumar is a journalist who is sober, incisive and well-informed and as one of India's most influential TV journalists. It added that he is an important voice against the threats that India has seen for independent and responsible media in the last few years. Lastly, the citation stated, and I quote, Ravish interacts easily with the poor, travels extensively and uses social media to stay in touch with his audience, generating from them the stories for his program. Close quote. After days of deadlock between the government and opposition parties over a controversial legislation, the Rajya Sabha today went on to pass the Unlawful Activities Prevention Amendment Bill. The Upper House rejected a proposal moved by opposition parties to send the bill to a select committee of parliament for further scrutiny. Out of the total members who voted, 147 MPs were in favour of passing the new changes to the anti-terror bill, while 42 voted against it. Up until now, the law allowed the government to prescribe terrorist organisations, but now, the amendment proposes to allow the government to also prescribe individuals as terrorists, as well as proposes to empower more officers of the National Investigation Agency to investigate cases. Before the Rajya Sabha took up the matter for voting in today's session, Union Home Minister Amit Shah responded to concerns the opposition had raised with regards to the bill. Shah said that the sole purpose of the bill is to fight terror and that it has no other ulterior motive. Replying to a point raised by senior Congress leader P. Chidambaram, Amit Shah said it is important to name terrorists individually, keeping in mind that new terror organizations keep cropping up after one of them is banned. Shah said, and I quote, Chidambaram ji asked why to name an individual as a terrorist when the organization they are affiliated to is already banned. It is because we ban one organization, another one comes up by the same individuals. Till when will we keep banning organizations? Close quote. Explaining the process of how a person will be designated as a terrorist after the passage of the bill, Shah said that there would be a four-stage scrutiny before any individual is labelled as a terrorist. The Supreme Court on Friday said that it would begin hearing the Ayodhya land dispute starting from August 6th, after the mediation panel it had set up in March to resolve the Ayodhya land title dispute failed in its objective, reported Live Law. The panel had submitted its report to the court in a sealed cover on Thursday. 
Today, the court said, and I quote, Mediation proceedings have not resulted in any kind of final settlement. Therefore, we have to proceed with the hearing of the appeal. Close quote. The five-judge constitution bench comprising Chief Justice Ranjan Gogoi and Justices S.A. Bobde, D.Y. Chandrachud and Ashok Bhushan said the hearing would be held on a daily basis, a process which will possibly spill over months due to the contentious nature of the dispute and the voluminous records involved. So, from next week, the court will hear appeals as well as cross-appeals from Hindu and Muslim parties against the 2010 Allahabad High Court ruling, which divided the land between the rival parties in the ratio 2 is to 1. As per the 2010 ruling, the Hindu organisations get the land under the now-demolished structure and the Muslim organisations will get one-third of the disputed 0.67 acre. According to the Economic Times, the top court had fixed the seat for the mediation process in Faizabad of Uttar Pradesh, around 7 kilometres from Ayodhya. The bench was earlier told by Hindu bodies, except the Nirmohi Akhara and the Uttar Pradesh government, that they were not in favour of the court's suggestions for mediation, a proposal that was supported by the Muslim bodies as well. The Bombay High Court wrapped the centre on its knuckles on Thursday when it said that the government's demonetization exercise had showed that it was a myth that there was fake currency floating around in circulation. According to the Indian Express, the court directed the Reserve Bank of India to file an affidavit stating reasons behind changing the features and size of currency notes from time to time. A bench of Chief Justice Pradeep Nandrajog and Justice N.M. Jamdar was hearing a petition filed by the National Association of the Blind seeking directions to include distinctive features in new coins and notes for easy identification by the visually impaired. Chief Justice Nandrajog asked the counsel appearing for RBI why was there a compulsion to change the notes. He said, and I quote, You keep saying it is because of fake currency. I doubt that reason. Demonetization showed that it was a myth that 10,000 crore rupees were taken away by Pakistan. Close quote. While directing the RBI to file an affidavit, Chief Justice Nandrajog also said, and I quote, what is the compulsion of RBI to change features of notes from time to time? What is the compulsion of RBI to change the size of the notes? Close quote. The court also pointed out that the sizes of currency notes remain the same across the world. According to the Times of India, the bench said, and I quote, The dollar continues to be the same. You keep redesigning the currency. Close quote. Reuters reported that three people suffered minor injuries in a series of small explosions in Bangkok on Friday morning. Indian External Affairs Minister S. Jay Shankar is presently in the Thai capital, which is hosting a meeting of foreign ministers from the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. According to news agency AFP, the explosions took place just before a keynote speech by United States Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Two explosions were first heard around 7.30am Indian Standard Time at two sites near central Bangkok, while a third one took place soon at a city government complex in the northern part of the city. However, None of the blasts were close to the venue of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations meeting. Previously on Thursday, police had found two fake bombs near the venue, following which two men were arrested. Two street cleaners and a security guard were hurt in one of the blasts, the source of which seems to be a homemade bomb. Currently, Prime Minister Prayuth Chan Ocha has ordered an investigation. A government spokesperson was quoted as saying, and I quote, The situation is being closely monitored and security measures have been tightened. The public is urged not to panic. Close quote. Given all the action that's been taking place in courts throughout this week, it goes unsaid that it's been a hectic period for those of us covering the legal beat. I should know. I'm one of them. So before I take your leave today, I'd like to recommend that you read two important pieces that went up on the News Laundry website, reported by yours truly. 
The first is a report on the cross-examination of National Security Advisor Ajit Doval's son, Vivek Doval, who had filed a defamation case against the Caravan magazine and Congress leader Jairam Ramesh earlier this year. Vivek Doval was cross-examined for about six hours each day, for three days straight, by senior advocate Salman Khurshid and advocate Bhavuk Chauhan at the Rouse Avenue District Courthouse Complex. A confident and well-dressed Doval stood up well against the pressure that he faced in the witness box. That's until Chauhan, who was representing caravan reporter Kaushal Shroff, began pulling out the big guns and circling him, not letting him off the hook. Salman Khurshid, who opened the cross-questioning on the very first day, had googlies of his own when he delved deep into Doval's understanding of the word kand. So yeah, don't forget to check out this piece. The other is a report from the Chief Justice's Court at the Supreme Court, which took up the matter of the Unnao rape case and road crash on Thursday. CGI Ranjan Gogoi came down hard on the CBI, as well as on Solicitor General Tushar Mehta, and also embarrassed the Uttar Pradesh government as it passed a series of strong orders, which included the transferring of all cases related to the Unnao rape and car crash from Lucknow to Delhi. The bench also directed the Uttar Pradesh government to pay an interim compensation of 25 lakh rupees to the survivor and her family, as well as to airlift the survivor and bring her to Ames for specialised medical treatment. It takes a fair bit of skill and a whole lot of alertness and attentiveness to bring you all the drama, colour and arguments that take place in a courtroom. For all those of you who read News Laundry's legal reportage, you'll know that we report court cases in a manner that is reader-friendly and free from jargon, so that we can put you, the reader, right in the centre of the courtroom. So please, do subscribe to newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free. It's encouraging to know that news consumers want to know about all the action that goes down in a courtroom, but at the same time, also wants to break free from the monotony of the manner and language in which it is reported. Also, if you guys haven't managed to make it to day one of the Media Rumble, which is taking place at the India Habitat Centre, then please do go ahead and log on to www.themediarumble.com and buy your tickets for day two, which is tomorrow. There are some power-packed panels that you do not want to miss out on. Well... That's all the news we have for you today, folks. Have a good night or a great day, depending on where you're listening to us from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.